on that before I read this passage, which is a great passage, by the way. I love this passage. Uh, I, I had the privilege to preach this message in the early service, and even I, as I went through the message sharing with you this morning for the State of the Church Address, as I'm going to be sharing with you what I'm sharing with you, it is overwhelming. God is so good to us. And so everything that I'm going to say, I want to, I want to preface this. I'm not bragging on me. I'm not bragging even on you. I'm bragging on the Lord. God has been so good to this church in our lives. So John chapter four, verse 33, would you stand with me as we read God's word? Then his disciples said to each other, could someone have brought him food? My food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Do you not say four months more and then the harvest? I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. Let's pray together. Father, I pray that you would, through your spirit, speak to our heart today. That our spirits would be open to you. As our act of worship, let us take an honest accounting of your goodness today and celebrate that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Today is the time for our annual State of the Church Address. And um, please know that whatever I'm about to say is intended as a celebration, not as a commercial. If you're visiting with us today, you're, you're going you're gonna to think it sounds a little bit like a commercial for the church. It's not a recruitment tool. I don't mean it as such. I just believe that there should be every year an accounting for what we are doing in God's church. And a celebration of what God has done and is doing in the church. And so we need to have a sober look at, at where we are every year. And so I always do that. This is my 25th, uh, this is our 26th year, by the way, here uh, this September. So Cherry and I want to say, as we always do every year, thank you for putting up with us for another year. 26 years, goodness. This morning's message is entitled, Celebrate the Harvest. Celebrate the Harvest, obviously, came right from that passage. So we, we, uh, we acknowledge God's goodness in our life and in this church. I want to begin by uh, showing you something. I have recently shown this to my Sunday school class. I thought it, everybody had seen it because I've shown it before but it's been 10 or 12 years since I've actually shown it here and nobody in my class had ever seen it before. And so I, I just I keep it in my office to remind me, this is the a moment of the conception of our church. And again, if you've seen this before or you've seen me share this with you before, just take it with a grain of salt. When I, we were across the street, and this has been decades ago, about 24 years ago, I was in the attic going through some boxes of documents that we had up there and I found this handwritten page. It's one page front and back and it was written by hand in 1904. That's when this church was founded. We were called West Fort Baptist Church when it was started and it was up uh, on Peden Road. 
Uh, and it was not until 1955 that we moved to this lot across the street. It was a little two-acre lot there. And that had been a, an army depot during World War II. They kept their tanks and their trucks there during the war. And so we bought that, that property and moved an old building onto that property and that, that started as our church. And when we moved in 50, 1955, 1956, we changed the uh, they, not me, but they changed the name to First Baptist Church. Anyway, going back to this document, before I read it to you, and I'm just gonna read the first couple of sentences, you have to remember in our history, there were these structures called brush arbors. And it's not just something out of a little house on the prairie. People actually built brush arbors and they were, they were um, uh, kind of a homemade canopy kind of thing made with branches and over the years, uh, vines would grow over the structure. And here in Texas where it gets hot, a group of people could meet. It was an outdoor meeting place, but it was under some shade. And I say that because they mention a brush arbor in this, in this document and after churches would be built along the years, especially in the 18 and 1900s, uh, they would have revivals in those brush arbors called brush arbor revivals. And so it's mentioned here. As a, as a, again, I find it to be an interesting historical document in, our, in the history of Azel and our church. It's, and I don't know who wrote this. It's, it's, it's all handwritten. And it says, Peden, Texas, July the 24th of 1904. The Baptists of this community met at the Arbor at 4 p.m. for the purpose of organizing a Baptist church. And then it goes on, gives all the elected officials, the, the, the first deacons, and so on and so forth. And it's a fascinating document. When you get time, come by the office. I have both pages in two frames, the front and the back. I, I made a photocopy of the other one. Come by and read this document. But this is the beginning of First Baptist Church. We started, we started small. And I'll tell you, the reason I wanted to show that to you today is because I wish I could take this person in 1904, bring them onto the stage this morning and hear what they had to say. Because this person and those with him or her on that day in 1904 clearly had a vision for a church. God had given them conviction and direction and a vision for a church. And they would not know if it would survive a year, a decade, let alone a century. And you and I, again, have no inkling of an ideal of what God can do and wants to do in First Baptist Church of Azel in the 21st century. If God allows us to be here before Christ comes back for another century, another two centuries, another three centuries, what will First Baptist Church of Azel look like? And you may say, oh, you know, that's just too far. Well, we're over 100 years old now. <laughs> they might have thought, well, that's you know, just 2024, they don't even conceive of that. What about 3,024? It's amazing how quickly time goes by. Now, most of us won't be here then. Who knows, uh, you know, with androids coming in, I don't know, and, and all that kind of weird stuff, who knows, maybe our brains will be downloaded into something. But <laughs> unless that happens, we're all gonna be gone. But your children, grandchildren, and great-grandchildren may be a part of an amazing church here in the centuries to come.
And just a word about that. While Terry and I hope, by the way, to have many more productive years here, my hope is one day in the future to be able to hand over the keys to the next generation, to a membership of more than a thousand every Sunday morning with a sanctuary that will hold all of them. And so we have a lot of work to do still. So just a, a, a few statistics for you, and I, I, I weeded out most of them because I don't want to bore you with too many dry facts, but there are just a few things I wanted to say and needed to say. Our attendance this year has continued to climb in 2023 throughout this last year to 438. That was our average for the year, but we had Sundays where we spiked over 500. And you see the, you see the pandemic there, not, not our best year, by the way. Um, but it wasn't anybody's best year. But I don't know what it was about the pandemic, but God started bringing people into our church and we have significantly grown every year. And this year in 2024, we should be averaging 500 by the end of the year or over 500. Again, Cherry and I did get to celebrate our 25th anniversary this last year. Thank you for the gifts, by the way. If I didn't thank you already, we had a great time for that, a great celebration for that. For the city of Azel, First Baptist Church was involved in a number of community events, and people asked me from time to time, our mayor, Alan Brendan, has asked me, what, what does First Baptist Church do in Azel? And there are many things and many volunteers to the, to the, to the community care center and other places that I, 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 I can't mention, I don't have time to mention, but just a couple of things that we do here in First Baptist Church for this community. Susan Slick led our angel tree at Christmas where we give uh, to those families who are in need and, to, and for meals also. Uh, Miss Kathy, uh, she began a drive-by prayer team this year, and uh, she will drive by your house. And, you know, I call it drive-by prayer because, you know, there's drive-by shootings. I think we need drive-by prayer. <laughs> and so, so if you see somebody driving by your house, maybe it's a prayer team, and, and they're not going to shoot you. So that's good. Um, our Eagle Mountain Pregnancy Help Center uh, is a, an organization that saves the lives of children and helps young mothers and young families, and we support that. I always have and always will every year financially and with volunteers. And then we had Follow the Flag this year. We participated by handing out 1,500 pickles. That's why there's a pickle there. And it is not easy to hand out 1,500 pickles. It takes, a, it takes a team to do that. We had a great time. We just do that for the, for the community. And then Light Night also is a, a, an event that we have on Halloween just for a safe place for the kids in the Azel community. Whether you go here to this church or not, again, we had thousands this year like we always do. We also have a nursing home ministry that was mentioned in the announcements this morning. When I came here in 1998, we really had two primary ministries here at the church. We had a, uh, a food ministry, and this is before the community care center opened, but we had a food ministry here at First Baptist Church for those who needed food. And then we also had a uh, nursing home ministry, and I'm happy to say that we continue with that nursing home ministry to this day. And one day, you or someone you love is going to end up in a nursing home, and they can't go out to church. They are dependent upon churches to come to them, and we want to participate in that. Then we had baptisms uh, in uh, 2023. This last year, we had 44 baptisms to give you a... Amen. 
To give you a context, we had 22, half of that in 2021, and then in 2022, we had 28, and so we're up from 28 to 44 in one year. Now, I want to increase that. It's going to be part of the challenge at the end, though. Uh, I want to move past 50 on that. In 2023, we had 453 visitors that we were able to document. The only way we can document a visitor is if they check in a kid at the at the welcome desk, or they tithe, or they, they interact with our system in some way. So we probably have more visitors than that, but the ones that we know about, we had 453 visitors. In 2023, we had 77 people join the church by going through our Next Steps membership class. And to put it in another way, 32% of adult visitors became Members. For comparison, in the last six months of 2022, we had 18% of visitors join. And so we've almost doubled the amount of people that have joined statistically or percentage-wise, including their kids. 55% of our visitors from 2023 are still attending. This means that 250 of our 453 visitors officially joined the church or they are still attending. <coughs> A typical non-growing church has a visitor retention rate of 9%. While growing churches typically in the United States have a visitor retention rate of 21% over the period of 18 months. And we've been blessed with a 32% retention rate of our visitors. And so that is a blessing. God's been good to us. Then we had a date night. Now there are many events that we've had that I just couldn't, there are just too many slides. So I, I just threw in some to give you a feel for what God's been doing here. We started a Digging Deeper podcast with uh, our associate pastor, Chris, and our uh, connection minister, Jacob, uh, who have a lively discussion every week. If you have not listened to that, be sure to listen to that. It's available uh, on Facebook and the other platforms. Uh, I don't even know. What, what is it on? I just do Facebook because I'm old. And so it's, pretty, yeah, it's on Twitter, which isn't Twitter anymore. It's X. What a stupid name X is. Who came up with that? Any, anyway, it's on the other things as well. Um, or you can go to our website and click on that. How about that? Uh, we had nearly 800 at our Easter service which we, of course, is twice what we can fit in this sanctuary. And so we have to have it outside. We've, this is our third year in a row to have it outside. And God blessed us for a third year in a row with beautiful weather. This year, it's the last Sunday in March. Easter is really early this year. And so we as a staff are biting our nails on what to do because we can't fit them in here. And we may be cold out there. So uh, be praying about that, but what a tremendous turnout. That's always a blessing. If you don't come to our Easter services, you need to come. Uh, that's just a, a great day to be here. We had 29 uh, this last year. Go to Israel. It was a record size uh, group in Israel. And I'm happy to say we went before the war started, so uh, there wasn't any trouble. We, if the war ends, and I believe that it will between now and next year in 2025, which will be here before you know it, we're going to go again. Our kids' ministry had a banner year also. We had Awanas, of course, for our kids and kids' camp. Uh, we had a good group go to camp. And then our kids' outdoor zone, one of our newer ministries for boys, uh, they can learn to shoot bows and arrows and, and set things on fire and that sort of thing. 
And then we have Upward Sports. And again, it was great. It was a record-breaking year for Upward Sports. We have so many kids that we almost have to cap it or have to cap it every year for soccer and for football. And then we had a great group, about a million kids. That's my preacher math. Uh, for Vacation Bible School, and so many more great programs. Our children's minister, Robin, says this. She says, children's ministry has been a wonderful year of spiritual growth. We have focused heavily on scripture memory and missions this year. We are digging deeper into the word and learning through our own specific learning styles. We've seen this growth with our salvations and baptisms increasing this year. She says, I had the pleasure of teaching more baptism classes than ever before. We'll soon be going through a church-wide study, including the children, and you saw that in the announcements this morning. We have recently added three new teachers and would love to have you on our team. Wendy Wilson leads our ladies' ministry. And here's a picture that I had... Uh, no, no less than 50 or 60 pictures of ladies' ministry pictures. The ladies have a lot of ministry going on here, so I just threw in this one picture. How about that? Uh, uh, maybe two more. Uh, Wendy says, 2023 was an exciting year of growth and building community for the ladies of First Baptist. The ladies created a cookbook. I do have a slide for the cookbook. So if you want a good cookbook, uh, see Wendy for that. And uh, we had over 140 different women attend our four different women's small groups. We launched Better Together, our community building events, with 80-plus ladies attending each. We've had a strong focus on missions in ladies' ministry, hope, uh, hosting a baby shower for the Eagle Mountain Pregnancy Help Center, championing the Lottie Moon Christmas offering, the Annie Armstrong Easter offering, and providing our Christmas angel tree families with holiday meals and collecting items and creating blessings bags for those in need. She said, we also sent encouragement cards and gifted chemo care packets for our First Baptist Church ladies that are going through cancer treatments. And we have a number of ladies going through cancer treatments right now. She said, God is so good and has plenty of kingdom-focused work for the ladies of our church and the ladies' leadership team is extremely excited to see what he has, uh, what his God has planned to do in 2024. Our men's ministry, which I think I have one slide for them too, right there. <laughs> we had numerous Bible studies and monthly men's breakfast. We started men's breakfast last year. Every month, once a month, we have men's breakfast. And we had a good group of men go to the men's fish fry for the Tarrant Baptist Association. By the way, I, I'm going to add this. I actually wrote it into the sermon. Uh, it's not an official group, but unofficially, we have a sizable contingency or group of Filipinos going to First Baptist Church. Now, I didn't really have anything to do with that. that uh, well, I did. I married a Filipino. That's what I did. Yeah, that's my part. You're welcome. And so they're going to have a fellowship today right after the church. And so I can safely say we have the largest group of Filipinos in this church of any church in the area. Amen? Yeah. Amen. That's right. Um, I'm just trying to get in kudos there at home for that. That's, there you go. 
Mission work at our church was fruitful this year. We went to uh, minister to Navajo Indians in New Mexico again. We had Operation Christmas Child. Susan Slick led that, did a great job, filled up just hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of boxes of of uh, uh, shoeboxes for kids throughout the world. And then we sent a group to the Philippines. And again, I have no less than 500 pictures that I could show you, so I'm showing you one right there. And uh, maybe I'll, I'll get Chris to make a video later. Um, but uh, we also had uh, our youth go to St. Louis. And there's a great picture of our youth in front of that arch right there. And this is the church where they ministered and where they served, as well as uh, we've been giving to Annie Armstrong and to Lottie Moon uh, offerings as we do every year. That's just a, a, a brief synopsis of some of the mission work that we do here at the church. And speaking of our youth, Michael, our youth pastor, says this. He said, 2023 was an exciting year for the tribe students. We spent the year focused on discipleship. We had eight salvations and baptisms and a lot of others who decided to rededicate their lives. In June, we changed the structure to now include sixth grade students into the student group. So that was a big change for our church. If you're in sixth grade, you're not in children's ministry anymore. You're in youth. We did several events, he says, that aimed at discipleship and also events for fellowship. Just a few of the events include student conference, student camp, St. Louis Project, Mario Kart tournament, paintball, top golf, and reset weekend. He said, we participated again with the Saw You at the Pole Rally um, for all the Angel Springtown churches, and there were over 400 in attendance at that. He said, we started out the year averaging 65 on Wednesday and 34 on Sunday. So 65 and 34. He said, they finished the year with 85 on Sunday, excuse me, 85 averaging on Wednesday and 46 on Sunday mornings. So it's a significant growth on both Wednesdays and Sundays. Um, and so we're excited about that. He said, well, they had several nights where they had over 100 upstairs packed into that room up there. He says, these students are not just attending church, but they're working with the church by serving in countless ways with upward sports and vacation Bible school and light night, journey to Bethlehem and so many other things. So thank you, youth, for your participation in the ministry of this church. <clears throat> this year, we took 45 students to camp and uh, we went back, uh, Michael says, to St. Louis with 48 youth. <clears throat> we have the best group of dedicated adult leaders they love meet for Bible study and are doing life with these students. And I'm so, so grateful, he says, for them. I'm also uh, thankful to the parents for the amazing job they're doing raising these students. Lastly, he says, we're so grateful for the love and the support this church grows and shows time and time and again for these students. We also have a prayer team that meets every week to pray for our church, a strategic prayer team. Every week, we have a, a faithful group of people that come to pray for you and for your families and for this church and for Azel, Texas. And so thank you for those that do that. And then our thanks, amen, that's right, said Floor, who's the leader of the group. <laughs> and thank you, Floor, for being so faithful. And I don't say that just because you're my mother-in-law. I mean that. Our, our Thanksgiving banquet was a record uh, a breaker this year. We packed them in, but there was food enough for everybody. God provided, and we're thankful for that. I had a great time. Our journey to Bethlehem, a great year for that. Again, so many pictures I could show you and video clips of that. 
that wonderful ministry. And then Living Last Supper, we did that as well. And both Journey to Bethlehem and Living Last Supper are also ministries that we do to, to Azel, Texas, and for Azel. And then as far as our giving, every year in 20, excuse me, <clears throat> every quarter in 2023 set a new record for that quarter's history. And we ended up more than $80,000 over our budget needs. So thank you for being faithful to give to First Baptist Church. <clears throat> I told you we still owe money on this property and we need to get this building paid off so we can move forward to build the next building. Uh, last week, I told you we were just over a million dollars in debt, but after the end of the year giving and that $80,000, 80,000 plus, we were able to put in on the note. That's what we had voted to do in the business meeting. And so now we owe less than a million dollars. We owe about $978,000 if you need to write that down on your check. Our Connections Minister, Jacob Belling, went full-time this year, and he's doing a great job. Amen? He's the one that has all the, the First Steps luncheons. We have a luncheon for our visitors every month, and that is a large part of what happens uh, to grow our church. They go to the luncheon, and then they go to a membership class, uh, that they teach, and then they can join the church from that. So I'm thankful. You know, we have, a, we have a Baptist test for them at the luncheon, and it's not a written test. What, what the guys have been doing, they've been making brisket, and, and Baptists love brisket, so if they gobble up all the brisket, we let them join. So that's, that's worked real well for us. Um, you, don't, you don't need to clap for that, but... <laughs> Jacob says, this year we have a strong desire to focus more on our marriages in the church to strengthen our relationships and families together in the Lord. With this in mind, he says, we will be hosting a marriage workshop this spring to work on better relationships and to better equip uh, our couples to navigate through some of the challenges of marriage. And we also are excited to be starting a re-engage ministry here as well. Re-engage is a safe place for couples to reconnect and to grow as followers of Christ. He says in 2024, we will continue on the work of our Savior here at First Baptist and throughout the world. Also, we plan to add uh, two to three deacons in the next few months to come, and we look forward to that, and we'll be sharing with you more about that in the weeks to come. We're going to have revival this year, our, our first Sunday in October. We're going to have a fall revival. We haven't done that in a few years, and I, I don't know if you've been watching the news, but this world needs revival. And uh, uh, our country needs revival. Azel needs revival, and we need revival. And so you be praying right now for that first week in October. We are going to be sending another group uh, back to New Mexico to minister Navajo Indians in June. And I'm praying to break 50 in our baptisms this year in 2024. And every year after that, I want us to be baptizing more than 50 every year. United We Build is no longer a slogan, but a plan of action for our church. God has been blessing the church, and as we continue to grow, we can't fit everyone in here. Uh, we have two services now. At some point, we will have to go to three services or we'll stop growing. And I don't want to do that. I want people getting saved. I want people to have a place where they can comfortably come and worship their Savior. And we need to provide for that. And we can't build a building overnight. It takes years for these plans to happen. And so we're going to be making plans for that. Do I have a picture for that? 
There it is right there. Uh, <clears throat> so I've shown this picture before. This is our current uh, place uh, here on the left. And this is a, a rendering, just a possible rendering of the next phase. It will be a sanctuary that will see 1500. And it will include in that building uh, nursery and children's ministries will all be over there. And if we have enough room, youth ministries as well, a large lobby and restrooms for everybody. And uh, so we, I desire, I hope, I pray that we can break ground on that in three years. So this year, I want to come up with basic blueprints. Next year, we're going to look at the budget and what it's going to cost. And now we're going to pay for that. And then the third year from now in 2026, uh, I hope to break ground. All right. So I celebrate that with you and where God is leading us as a church. But we do need your help. There is so much work to do and so many opportunities for you and I. That brings me back to the challenge of today. Jesus had begun his ministry and most of the people in Israel did not know who he was. It had not become public too much yet. And so he decided to become public with it and he chose the most unusual person to be his first evangelist, a woman. That was unusual. She wasn't even Jewish. She was a Samaritan. That was even more unusual. And she had been married five times and was living with a man out of wedlock. That was even more unusual. I think Jesus chose her on purpose to make it very clear to the world that as the Messiah, he wasn't for just a select group. He was the savior of the world. And so he chose her wisely. And so his disciples had gone into town to get some food. He goes up to a well and she comes out to draw water and he asks for, for a drink. And you know that story well. You've probably seen the clip from The Chosen, one of the best clips of, from The Chosen and one of the best clips you'll ever see from anything. It's just a beautiful clip. I've shown it to you more than once, so I'm not going to show it this morning uh, due to lack of time. But it's a great scene where Jesus meets this woman and in just a few minutes of sharing with her, she, she realizes this is the Messiah that they'd all been praying for all of their lives and hoping for for hundreds of years. She's so excited, she runs off to go tell everybody in town. And again, she's not a theologian. She's been saved for a couple minutes. She doesn't know any verses. She's lived an immoral life. She doesn't go to church. She doesn't have any, any experience teaching Sunday school. She doesn't have her own copy of the Old Testament, of the Torah, none of those things. But what she has is a transformed life. And so she bolts back into town to tell everybody she's found the Messiah. For people here in Azel, it's the same for you and me. It's an opportunity. And you say, well, I don't know the right verses. No, no, if God has redeemed you, now it's good to have a few verses to know. I've got some verses for you uh, right out of the Roman road. But if you don't know any verses, if you've been redeemed by the blood of the lamb, you have a testimony to share and light in your eyes uh, that you can share with them to draw them to church and draw them to Christ. 
So right after he finishes sharing with this woman, she bolts off past the disciples to go tell everybody, which she does. The disciples come back with some food and Jesus rejects their food. And they're confused by that because they know he hasn't had anything to eat physically. So Jesus takes this opportunity to give them an object lesson over the necessity to be spiritually fed. And it's even more important than to be physically fed. So John chapter four, verse 33, our passage for this morning, he says this. Then the disciples said to each other, could someone have brought him food? They have no idea. My food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Do you not say four months more and then the harvest? I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. You don't have to go to one stoplight before you realize the harvest is plentiful in Azel. Because <laughs> you may have to wait through two more lights just to get up to the light. And you may be mad by then. I, listen, I, I get it. I totally get it. I go to Walmart. I went to Walmart last week. <clears throat> and I, I try not to take a cart because uh, there's this, everybody's got a cart. And that, that Walmart should be, I'm preaching about Walmart. That Walmart should be three times bigger than what it is. So I go on, a, on an aisle and if I got a card, I can't get down the aisle. There's 50 carts on that aisle. That's because people are moving to Azel. And instead of getting frustrated or angry at the lights or at Walmart or wherever, I want you and I as believers in Christ to be excited about it, to put up with the traffic, to put up with the crowds, whatever we need to do, because those people need faith in Jesus Christ. Those are people that Jesus died for and they are loved by him. And God has a specific plan for them. And his plan is to send you and me as his ambassadors to bring them to faith in Christ. That's the plan. So you join with me in 2024 and see what God is going to do. I pray and I believe that next year in next January, I'm going to be able to share things, those statistics, those statistics that haven't even happened yet that will shock you about what God is doing in the life of the church in 2024, this year even now. In Philippians chapter one, verse three, Paul uh, shared this with the Philippian church. He loved them dearly, he loved all the churches, but some of the churches were definitely more lovable than others. You, you know what I'm saying? Paul could tell you, the Corinthians, the Galatians, they were honoring. He loved them too, but he really loved the Philippians. They were a good bunch. They were sweet. And so he says this, this is right off the bat in his letter, this is chapter one, verse three of Philippians. He says to them and to you and I, I thank my God every time I remember you in all my prayers for all of you. I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. I am so thankful for you at First Baptist Church because God has begun a work in you. And my vision for this church this year is that through you, that God will bring the work to completion and that he is glorified. Pray with me. Father, it is an honor and privilege to get to be a part of your church. It's a challenge. 
but it's a privilege. I pray that we would be up to the challenge today. Just plain and simple. You're going to do amazing things in Hazel, Texas in 2024. We want to be a part of that. Can we be a part of that? It's your church. You have placed us here. Thank you for that. We may not even know why we walked in those doors one day, but here we are. Thank you for bringing us here. I pray that you would help us to step up, to step forward, and glorify our Savior in Hazel, Texas. And it may be something official as a part of the church and one of the many ministries that we have to Azel, the one of the many mission opportunities that we have throughout the world, or it may just be as your ambassador at the local restaurant or the local grocery store. Help us to remember that we surrendered our life to you, to our Savior. We don't belong to us anymore. We belong to you. And we're to do what you call us to do, what you desire us to do. We don't live for ourselves anymore. We live for you. Help us to remember that and to do that this year. And ahead of time, Father, we want to say for 2024, thank you. Oh, thank you. You are so good to us. As you're praying, no one's looking around. Can I encourage you right now to make a commitment between you and your God? God, in 2024, I'm going to bring somebody to the Lord. Will you, will, you, will you consider praying this right now? God, in the days to come, would you send somebody my way? Would you have me cross paths with somebody that needs to know Jesus? And may my heart be ready to bring them to you. Would you accept that challenge? Lord, I pray that in the days to come, you would bring somebody across my path that needs a Savior. Give me the wisdom, the power, the strength, and the joy to bring them to you to share what I know. And again, you may not know any more than that woman at the well, but you know God loves you. You know that Jesus forgave you and has redeemed you. That's all you have to know. That there came this moment where you repented of your sin, asked for forgiveness, renounced your old life, and surrendered yourself to the cross of Jesus and said, from now on, I live for Christ. That's all you need to know. Would you make that commitment today? The second thing I want you to do is just to rejoice. God has been good to you in so many ways. He's been good to us. We should celebrate that. And so just commit, Lord, I'm going to celebrate. I know there are a lot of bad things in this world, a lot of challenges of my life and a lot of problems that I have, but you are so good. Christ is so good. Thank you for what you've done and what you're doing. Maybe you want to come and make a public decision to join with First Baptist Church and serve him faithfully here or to give your life to Christ and truly surrender to him today. Or you just want to come and kneel and pray. If God is leading you right now, this is your opportunity 
No one's looking around. Would you stand? All heads are bowed. All eyes are closed. And as you stand and as you pray right now, God is giving you this chance. You come.